hope you guys are all celebrating some big adulting milestones this season. And you know what? Finding the perfect gift for those celebrations can be kind of tough. I have the solution over at grownupgear.com. We have adorable hats, totes, mugs, pillows, tees, and seriously, the most cozy and comfortable sweatshirts. They're all on grownupgear.com and all at affordable prices. We even now have digital gift certificates. If you can't decide, use code GROWNUP for 15% off your first order. Buying from our small business helps to support this free podcast. And you know what? We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. The word estate is what gets people. You know, I don't have an estate. I don't have a big enough estate. I'm not old. I'm not sick. It's just really not the case. If you have anything to protect or anyone to protect, you really need to have some of the most basic estate planning documents in place. Even when you turn 18 and become an adult, this is your first task in adulting. You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grownups with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grownup. And you know what? When it comes to money, being a grownup is hard. But together, we've got this. Hey, grown-up friends. Today, we are getting into what is perhaps the most grown-up of the grown-up topics that we talk about here on the podcast, and that for so many of us, myself included, truly would prefer to stay in denial about estate planning. It can be intimidating, but if we don't do it, trust me, it is a financial mess that you can totally avoid. So we're going to help you. Vicki Cook and Amy Blacklock, who are the founders of Women Who Money, and they have a bunch of other websites that we'll get into later. They're out with a new book called Estate Planning 101, a crash course for planning for the unexpected. I promise you this book takes the pain out of what is really a very painful process. They really have a knack for simplifying it and explaining not just what we need to do, but how to get it done. I asked them to share their top five money tips to plan for the unexpected, and I'm excited to finally share our interview. Here are Vicki Cook and Amy Blacklock. Amy Blacklock and Vicki Cook, you are financial grownups. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Bobby. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us. So I asked you guys both to come back because you wrote a book that frankly scares the living daylights out of so many of us, but we have to kind of make peace with the fact that we need to plan for the unexpected. And these are the scary words, estate planning, estate planning 101. How did this book come about? Why now? Why is this so important that we need to pay attention to it, even though we really don't? This is Vicki. So Estate Planning 101 came about because we all need to start looking at these important documents. The word estate is what gets people. You know, I don't have an estate. I don't have a big enough estate. I'm not old. I'm not sick. It's just really not the case. If you have anything to protect or anyone to protect, you really need to have some of the most basic estate planning documents in place. Even when you turn 18 and become an adult, this is your first task in adulting. Oh my gosh. So scary. All right. So to get us started, you guys did put together a little tip sheet for us. You've got five ways to start planning for the unexpected. Again, this is hard. 
this is not something we necessarily want, but this is something we need. It's kind of a play on, you know, when we talk about wants versus need, this is a need, everybody. So I know it's not your favorite thing to do, but take a listen. This is going to make it much more accessible to get to this. And then you can just go on with your life and check in every, I don't know, maybe every five years. That's another thing. It's not done forever, but you got to get started. So here are five ways to get started. Number one, I don't know who's going to grab this one. Know your net worth. This is Vicki and I'll take this one. So yeah, you, you have to know your net worth. And, and to do that, if you create a financial inventory, you can track your net worth. And really others will know what's in your estate then if they would ever have to step in and manage your finances. So it's actually twofold. It's for you and it's for others. Your inventory should include your, you know, all of your assets, including digital assets, you know, life insurance policies, bank accounts, investment accounts, and more. Anything you have that's an asset. And then you have your liabilities too, your student loans or mortgage, car loans, you know, credit card debt. It's really a list of what you own and what you owe. And insurance policies count too, right? They do. Yes. You definitely need those in your list of assets. Interesting. Because I would not necessarily have thought of that. All right. The second thing is, okay, so we were speaking about insurance. You also need to take a look at that. Right. And this is Amy. I'll take this one. You definitely want to look at your life and your disability insurance needs, because what you're looking to do is to protect your income if you were to become disabled and unable to work, or if, unfortunately, when you pass away, your family is going to need some income protection uh, to replace what you were bringing in and contributing to the household. So you may have an insurance policy through work, or you may have a supplemental insurance policy that you purchased on your own. If you do currently have policies, you want to reevaluate and see if there's still enough coverage there. Um, will they still cover your family? Maybe your family's grown and maybe you need to add some additional coverage. If you've changed jobs, perhaps now, you know, you have more through an employer. So maybe you um, don't need, you know, as much on your own. Um, maybe a term policy is expiring and you either want to add additional coverage or maybe you can let one go because now kids are out of the house or, or something like that. And then your disability insurance. You want to have disability insurance to protect income in case you were to become disabled and unable to work. So again, check what policies you might have and evaluate if you need to add any additionals. And this is also a great thing to do on a regular basis every time you hit an adulting milestone because you mentioned so many of them, whether it's, you know, maybe having a child, buying your first home, switching jobs, different things that are happening. Your children maybe move out as you get older. Different things happen. Your needs really change. At what point, if ever, should you consider, you mentioned term insurance, term versus whole life insurance. Can you just talk about that a little bit? We think most people probably just need term insurance. Um, and what that means is a term insurance policy, say a 20-year or 30-year term insurance policy, will only last for that period of time, assuming you make all the premium payments on it. And a lot of times you want those to cover, say, a mortgage. And once the kids are out of the house, once the mortgage is paid off, you may not need to continue holding that insurance policy. A whole life policy is just like it sounds. It covers you for your whole life. Some people like to use those policies as an additional a way to access money in later years. You maybe could draw money off of it or use it as an additional in investment. 
It's complicated. So what I would just say is whole life insurance is very complicated. And it sounds like what you're advising is the minimum have term life insurance. And then if you want something that has other components, whether it be another kind of security, another resource, another asset, then you can potentially look into whole life. Correct. Okay. That's the CFP in me coming out. Okay. So here's the number three thing. You say name your beneficiaries. A lot of people think, well, doesn't that just happen in your will? I mean, doesn't that happen like if you're married, it goes to your spouse. If you have children, it goes to them too. I mean, people think this just like happens, just happens naturally. And what, why bother, I guess is what I'm saying. What's interesting with your beneficiaries is you probably signed them up as beneficiaries when you first opened an account or, you know, took out a policy. You may not even realize who is the beneficiary on your account. I know I think back to when I signed up when I was 22 and I'm 54 now, like who did I put on there? I'm sure I I put someone. But the problem is if you don't know who it is, those assets don't just pass to who you want them to go to. They pass to who you named. So it's critical that, again, any of those adulting times in your life when you go through those changes, jobs and and relationships and children, that you update those beneficiaries. The one thing you need to know is that the beneficiary designations trump what's in a will. So they actually pass outside of probate. So if you have named someone that you really do not want to get that asset and you pass away, they will get that asset. It won't go to who's in your will. It will go to who's designated on your beneficiaries for that account or policy. So yeah, you definitely want to review those. If you're legally married, doesn't your spouse automatically get it? Does that supersede that? How does that work? From our research, what it showed was that if you name someone a beneficiary and then you happen to get divorced, the person that's named on those documents is who gets that asset. Correct. But if you are married and you name someone on your in your beneficiary form that is not your spouse, doesn't your spouse still get it? Does that make sense as your primary beneficiary? I know what you're one of the things you're thinking. It was like a yeah, on a four oh one K plan, typically the spouse does get the assets from a four oh one K. And if you want to name a different beneficiary than your spouse, you have to have your spouse's permission. But if the spouse does sign off on that, then you can name someone else. Okay. Now, protecting yourself in case of emergency. This is where I think a lot of, especially younger people, don't realize they've left themselves extremely vulnerable. Correct. Once um, you become 18 and you're a legal adult, you should put these, these essential state planning documents in place. Their power of attorney documents. One is a general financial power of attorney, and the other is a medical power of attorney and a living will, or sometimes called your advanced care directive. These will protect you in case you become severely ill or injured and unable to manage these things yourself. So for example, if you were in a car accident and ended up in a coma, if these documents were in place, somebody else then could come in and manage your health care and your finances for you during the time that you're what they call incapacitated. If you do not have these documents in place, then your mom, your dad, spouse are going to have to go to court to be declared an emergency guardian or conservator 
to be able to make these decisions for you when it comes to healthcare or property that you might have in just your name, you know, maybe not in your spouse's name, but it's something just in your name in order for them to be able to do anything with it. They may need a conservatorship is what it would be called if you do not have a power of attorney document in place. Yeah, we're hearing a lot about conservatorships these days with Britney Spears. That's something that I think a lot of people are very scared about and want to avoid. So definitely something to look into if you want to avoid going into a conservatorship. All right, the last one is protect your assets and minor children. So you need to draft a will and maybe even a living trust, right? You know, you definitely want to have a will in place. That's the, you know, key document for most people. People in more complex family situations, uh, they may want to consider a a revocable living trust or or what they call just a living trust to give them a little more control over the situation. But again, if you die without a will, you die in what's called intestate and state laws actually dictate who will receive your assets, you know, how they'll be distributed, and even who could be the guardian of your children. The state laws and, and the probate court judge figure that out. So don't just assume that you know, your property and children will go to who you would like it to go to without having these documents in place. These are all great things on a list in front of me right now, but actually getting them done can be a little bit intimidating. People don't even know where to go to get, do you have to get a fancy attorney? It can be very expensive. I know there's some online options these days. Where do people even get started in a way that's going to fit their budgets? Yeah. Well, that's one reason we wrote the book to try to help people through that. There are some reputable online do-it-yourself options. And if you use our book, it can help prepare you in using those online services so that you'll be comfortable. You'll know what you're accessing, what you're signing up for, that kind of thing. But with that being said, we think the DI route should be taken very carefully. You could possibly create your advanced care directives with the DIY option and maybe even your power of attorney for finances. But when it comes to wills and trusts especially, we really think you should consult with an attorney to make sure that you're not missing something. You don't know what you don't know sometimes. And especially with estate planning and legal documents, it does help to have an attorney at least consult with one. If you were you know, considering the DIY route, maybe you can at least consult with one for an hour to make sure that you are protecting yourself the right way. We also wrote the book for you, even if you are going to work with an attorney, because using the book will help you prepare everything you need before you actually speak to an attorney. It will help you answer some questions for yourself. It will arm you with information so when you meet with an attorney, you're not wasting any time. You know what questions to ask, and you know what information they may need from you ahead of time to make the whole process smoother. That makes so much sense. I know when my husband and I went to create our documents our attorney asked us a lot of questions that brought up things that we hadn't even really thought about. There's a lot of nuances. And so it is one of those areas where even though it may be something that is not exactly what you want to spend your precious resources on, I certainly know I was not happy about paying the bill. It is something that people kind of have to do. Right. And sometimes cutting corners, you know, going the DIY route will cost you much more later if you prepare information wrong, or if the documents don't hold up in court because you missed something that your state requires. 
What if someone feels like, well, I don't have any assets, so I don't need to do a will? Even if they don't have many assets, they should still have the advanced directives in place. You know, that living will in place and those power of attorney forms, they should at least consider those too. So even if they don't think they have anything to put into a will, there are some forms, you know, that they should have. Got it. All right. Before I let you guys go, I do want to mention that you are also the co-founders of the award-winning personal finance website, Women Who Money. You also have five websites between the two of you, and you're working on a six. Tell us a little bit about what else you guys do besides write Estate Planning 101. Yeah, on uh, Women Who Money, we produce content every week, and we do have a couple other websites. I am founder of LifeSimplified.com. Vicki has Make Smarter Decisions. And we recently launched a new website called snowbirdingcentral.com for all the snowbirders out there. And we have another one in the works. And I did want to mention that we do have resources available for people on womenwhomoney.com for estate planning. We have some checklists and things like that for people to get started. Perfect. And finally, let me just get your social channel so people can follow you. Uh, Yeah, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Women Who Money. And then I am also on Twitter at Life Simplified. And Vicki? And I'm on Twitter at MSD Life Coaching. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, my friends, let's review. Be aware of what you own and what you owe so you can make informed decisions as you plan your estate. Consider life insurance and disability needs and make sure you have the right coverage, including income protection. This may need to be updated as you go through your adulting milestones. Make sure your beneficiaries are up to date. Things change and you may have someone set up to get your money that you no longer want to give it to. Unexpected emergencies do happen, so make sure you have power of attorney and a medical power of attorney and a living will, aka advanced care directive. Otherwise, you could end up with a conservatorship when someone else is in control of your assets that you did not choose. You don't want that. Britney Spears didn't want that, but there she is. Don't go there. Don't overlook the key document in all of this, a will. If you die without a will, state laws are going to basically be your will. They will dictate who gets what, including who could be the guardian of your children. And that's a decision you want to make yourself. This episode had a lot of information to digest and we have you covered. You can get the show notes and a full transcript right on my website, bobbyrebell.com. Just go to the podcast section. Super easy. Make sure to check out Estate Planning 101. It is super clear with lots of information, well worth the time investment to get things set up for everyone you love in your life. Big thanks to the women whom honey, Vicki Cook and Amy Blacklock for helping us all be financial grownups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media, LLC. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts, by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown-up. 
the podcast, and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram and BobbyRebel on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, help your friends on their journey to being financial grown-ups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.